2: A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix.
3: A lot to discuss here with you guys, of course. Hope you listen to the... Florida Bama review show and we'll Gators breakdown yesterday after a big game, but uh, a lot of people are interested in the show yesterday. A lot to talk about, so got it out there for you guys. But you got my takeaways in that show, so this is more for you guys to give uh, your takeaways. Question I asked on Twitter this morning for the poll up there. Did your outlook change for the team after that performance versus Alabama? I think I know the answer for most of that and and how it would go. I figured it would dominate, yes, that the outlook has changed for you guys. But I kind of just wanted to get a gauge on how much, uh, you know, pretty much a, a lot of the fan base thought about that. So, Um. Turned out about like I expected there for those poll results, but uh, some good uh, feedback either way of why you think the outlook changes for the Gators. So start this right here, getting some people in here. Perry, I'll bring you in. Hey, Perry.
4: What's up, Dave? How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Doing really good. Well, that's good. Up Thanks for all your Hope up you are, too. You're doing a really good job. Thanks, man. Thank you. Uh, I just want to – I won't stay long. I just want to say that, you know, uh, Evesy and Gene DeLance, they deserve a lot of credit as hard as we've all been on them. And uh, I used to be a season ticket holder for 35 years. My father's an ex-Bull Gator. And the booing's got to stop. we got to come to some kind of realization on the booing. I mean, that's just ridiculous. And I think Mullen has got us on the right spot. We need one more elite recruiting class, which it looks like we're going to get. And we're back where we all want to be. So I think we should be extremely thankful.
3: Yeah, Perry, I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of booing either. Um, and, look, I, I, I do get it in some ways that more than likely the boos are meant for the staff and their play calling and their decisions. But it doesn't come across that way. The players don't know that it's not directed at them. Uh, I mean, now look, I, I, some people out there probably are booing the players and their performance. But, you know, I, I'm not a – uh i'm not a boo college kids guys and i know a lot of people's decisions have kind of changed with the name image and likeness and now they're getting paid and all that kind of stuff but i've never been a yeah i, I i've never been a boor of uh of the gators that's just i i, I approach it that same way i just uh all right i don't agree with it i admit but my thing is i you know i can't tell people how to think and, and no and no no stuff. i just uh, think it's, i just think it's pathetic and uh you know that's uh that's college
4: kids i know it's all changed, but uh Yeah, You know, I just – I think Dan has done an exceptional job hollering at him about the play call. Listen, he knows what he's doing. He's getting paid for it. We need to get behind him. We got a chance to have a really elite program here in about two years. And I just think we need to realize that. And I I want to tell you what, Gene DeLance caught a lot of heck, especially from me too. And he deserves a lot of credit for the hard work he's put in and what he did against – I mean, let's face it, guys. This is a top five defense, maybe the best defense in the country. And we exposed them, and I think that's through sheer play calling and coaching. And um, I, just, uh, I just would just caution everybody about the booing. It's ridiculous. You don't hear Alabama people booing and look at the program. That's the program we want. That's the gold standard, and we all know it.
3: Yeah, I mean, you could uh, – I'm telling you, I, I watched about the first half replay last night. Go look at those options to the right and trigger in and look at Jingle Lance. Cause a lot of those option plays don't happen without him. I mean, he's downfield. He's blocked. He's, you know, he's engaging in his first block. He's, 10, 15 yards downfield, making blocks and, and helping spring a lot of these option plays. And look, I mean, last year during the season in 2020, I took, you know, I think we all, we took our shots at Gene delay Yes, team, we did. Deservedly so. He, he didn't play good. But uh, I also transitioned into the offseason. I was like, don't give up on him yet. With, with this shift in the offense and the running offense, you know, I said I said more than on one occasion that it's going to help this offensive line look better. Now, do, are they as good as they show? Well, in the run game, I think they are. I mean, we wondered after the first couple of weeks if this is the kind of performance that would translate in the SEC and translate versus Alabama. And the first test it did, uh, you know, and um, it, it, to me it just helps their confidence. Uh, and right now with that run game, it's keeping, at least on the Alabama front, it's keeping where defenses just can't tee off on the passing game. and So they don't get a pass rush as fast unless there's obvious passing situations. But Florida's doing a pretty good job of keeping themselves out of that. Uh, there's obvious passing situations. The defensive lines are kind of having a second guess themselves of can they bull rush and get to the quarterback or do they have to play it a little bit safe because you don't know when the option is going to come. You don't know when going to scramble with his legs. So uh, that in turn helps the offensive line too, in their pass blocking when they have to pass block. So as long as this run game is working, this offensive line is going to look really, really good. And part of it's because they are good, and they're making the run game look good. Well, but it's don't also forget
4: he- don't forget Hepesy. We got to give him a lot of credit. Yeah, no, no, I mean, there you go. I mean, I mean he's turned it around. Like it. And, and I'll say one other thing. I'll get out of here. I just think that Emory. know I think I'm so happy for Emory. Just yep. think, he wanted to be a Gator, and he stayed the time. And look at what he did. He's not going to do anything but get better. Got Ar on the bench. He's gonna play. He's gonna play two quarterbacks, and he has to because he's got to keep them here. And you know, uh, I'm just I'm really excited about the way we're going. You know, I've been a Gator fan since I was old enough to know what football was, and I remember O10 and one folks, and it ain't no fun.
5: And let me tell you (laughs)
4: what, people in Florida State, it ain't coming back.
3: So uh, just be thankful where we are. Yeah, there you much much better than that school out west and that school down south for sure. Yeah, Uh, go Gators!
4: Thanks, they appreciate. Thanks, Perry.
3: Yeah. yeah, and shout-out John Hevesy, too, there. Um, man, pretty much what I said for Gene DeLance in the transition for the offense, it was going to help uh, him and how he develops, how he coaches as well uh, in that run game getting going. So, uh, all right. Unique, I think you're
0: in here, man. Yeah, weatherman Dave. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, man?
3: Hey, I'm glad that forecast was a little bit wrong, too. That that's why I know,
0: definitely said it looked like we escaped the rain. It started raining as soon as the game got over, so – uh but um I was wanted to say for us the recruits, this like this is my fourth time going to the swamp. And I think that's probably the loudest I've heard it. And I think just for recruits and the amount that was there, I mean I got on Twitter yesterday and all I was seeing was a bunch of Bama players saying, Man, this is this is the loudest stadium I ever been in. And I'm just thinking, man, like, what else do a recruit want? Like, <laughs> like what hey, else and think, do they- and think about, Yeah, and think
3: about it. A lot of those Bama fans, a lot of those media members that were lauding the Swamp and giving it all the credit in the world, those guys have been to Baton Rouge before in right. hostile environments. And, you know, they're still saying it didn't match what we saw in the Swamp on Saturday.
0: Yeah, and I'm like, man, that's that's big. First of all, that's just huge. And then for us to play like we play like that, it's like, man, this it just I, I just felt like that that's gotta do something for us. Us pulling in recruits this time. Like it just has to do something. You're right. Mind.
3: This is a chance. You know, we're all waiting for that next step in recruiting. You you have to take advantage here. You, I mean, you, you have some positive, glowing reviews. And we've heard it before. We've heard some positive, glowing reviews that are coming out the games. and The way recruits think about the program and only for it to just not really amount to much on signing day. Has right. it gotten better since Jim McElwain? Absolutely. But you're still waiting for that next step in recruiting. One step has already been taken. The The roster has been improved. Now you're just kind of wanting to get on that knock on that doorstep because I think we see it. We see it. If Dan yeah. Mullen gets better players just a step above where they're at right now, that man's going to be hard to stop in, in the coaching world. If he gets any type of talent that you can sit there and on signing day. Now, don't get me wrong, Florida develops well and, and closes that gap just a little bit there, but think about a couple more five stars, a couple more high-rated four stars that you can go into battle with and say, all right, we closed the gap in another way now. Let's go to battle.
0: Yeah, yeah. As far as the um the the, the field play, I mean, I kind of get the fans. At the same time, I, Dan Dan kind of he he, he kind of sets the atmosphere for himself. Yep. And when he got here, he set the standard. He brought back the standard. And when you don't bring that standard, I think the Florida fans are gonna remind <laughs> you this is <laughs> this is not the standard you were talking about. So I mean, I kind of get it. And it's like – I just feel like I think all that goes back to the Kyle Trask and the Felipe thing. I think if that would have never happened the way it did, I think it wouldn't be as bad. Yeah,
3: eventually knocking on the doorstep's not going to be enough. You know, eventually you're going to have to break through. You're going to have to get that big win over Bama. You're going to have to beat Georgia on a consistent basis. And, you know, maybe that starts this year. You're you're closing the gap at least two games versus Bama. You've closed the gap a little bit. At least as far as on field performance goes, you know. Now the next step is, all right, go beat Georgia again. You know, go beat Georgia two years in a row, and then I think people will start to kind of maybe come around. I'm like, okay. I mean, I think you could already feel the program is going in the right direction. It's just how fast is it going in
0: that direction, and, and is it fast enough for you? Right. Does your does your outcome of the season change? Does the, I mean, I I feel better.
3: Yeah, right. I mean, that. I, that's, I, I posted that question on Twitter this morning. I got a lot of feedback so far. I'll definitely hit on the uh, Gators Breakdown episode tonight with Will. Uh, kind of the theme of it there, you know, does the outlook change a little bit? Uh, obviously, I think initially that's going to be your first thought as you feel better uh, about the rest of the season. Uh, most of it's going to depend on what you look like coming out Saturday versus Tennessee. You can't go out there and lay an egg. can't go out there and feel sorry for yourself. You, you know, you, you came that close versus Bama and didn't get it done. I mean, if, if you want people st- – to continue talking about Florida, if you want uh, to st- stay there in the, in the minds of recruits, and if you want to just keep getting better as a team, you got to go out there and improve. You know, if if you want to if you want to go beat Georgia, you got to go get better every week up into that game. You can't go lay those eggs uh, that we saw a couple couple times last year. You know, you knew you knew Florida had a good team last year, but it was still those inexcusable performances that that came out. That can't happen. But I do think after Saturday, there are things that you can lean on to start feeling better about this team, either what your thoughts were before the season or what your thoughts were after the first two games of the season.
0: Okay. Yeah. And one more thing on the AR thing, because uh, yep. it's, it's kind of confusing. You know, you got everybody, everybody in the media, are, they're going back to AR doing backflips in the beginning. <laughs> in the beginning. <laughs> and that's kind of what threw it off. It's like, well, is he hurt? Is this Dan Mullen just not playing him? Because a lot of people felt like just one drive of AR, just one probably would have took us over the top in that game.
3: But yeah, yeah, anyway, had to come early. I mean, like I said, I think in the second half, you know, Florida scored on three straight possessions, three straight touchdowns. Uh, So. Uh, maybe it does get you off to a better start in the game I think that's the, the you know the bigger question there it's you, know, you open with a field goal and then the interception on the second drive uh, and then the defense turned it on in the second quarter and the offense was still trying to find its way just a little bit before they got rolling uh, so yeah, yeah I think you can go back and look and yeah, the whole AR thing's weird um, not even heard he may have been trolling a little bit with the backflip saying he knew he really wasn't going to play but he's did it out there and just trying to have fun with it a little bit. Anyway, yeah. uh, You know, we'll see. Uh, we'll get to, we'll see his status. We'll get to ask Mullen today in, in, in his press conference and see what the plan is going forward. Hopefully um, he was clear. He was clear to play, but uh, Mullen did say it was only going to be an emergency role. Uh, and he did say after the game, if AR was going to play, he would have been a pocket passer. He would not have been running out there. So if that was going to be the restriction of Anthony Richardson, you know, do I, how would that perform? Would, would Anthony Richardson feel comfortable going out there and not being able to run around? So, a couple ways to look at it. I know, yeah, I, I, it, it is simple and easy to say if he's out there. Florida probably gets, you know, gets, gets the victory out there. But, uh, whew, I almost pulled it out anyway. All right, man.
6: All right, man. Enjoy thanks, much. Much.
7: Good morning, right.
6: Good morning. Hey, man, I just – real quick, I just wanted to give a couple of shout outs man to the number one the defense uh the, man that it's makes it more frustrating that first quarter because of how well they played afterwards i mean it was right. nine day especially in the defensive backfield from just all of a sudden the secondary started making a lot of plays a lot of good great um pass breakups and stuff on on good throws by uh by bryce and then yeah. um because, man, I, I'll be honest, I, I was – I'm glad the team didn't give up because I was sure about to give up when it was 21-3 to around the start of the, the second quarter. And it just seemed like our offense couldn't get anything going. And every time we, uh, you know, we couldn't score, they would get the ball back. And, you know, obviously it was 21. They, You know, they already had 21 points in. So I was thinking, well, here they're going to score again and I, it's going to be over. But that defense right there at the end of the – the first half uh, just kept shutting them down, shutting them down. We got the ball back and then finally got going on offense, thankfully. And uh, yep. so, that's my first shout out would be to the, the defense, just tightening up. I, I think the whole team might have had a, an issue with just getting used to the, the game speed, obviously, because, I mean, it's obviously a whole lot different from our first two opponents. And it seemed like once they, they got used to it and everybody got settled in, uh, we uh,
3: before you before you go before you go, but why why is that a continued issue though like it, it does seem like they do eventually settle in but why is it almost every big game it takes a while to get to to, to settle in you know why can't they get off to a faster what are they missing in game prep it can't just be game
0: speed all right, in my in my opinion I think can, I, I think can...
3: that is part of it don't get me wrong can like, I, why can I it,
0: say something it, I'm so sorry
2: yeah I love it hey Dave so. I noticed that too. And have have you noticed that even on the far side of the field, even when Kyrie, the safeties and the linebackers, they're damn near arguing to just get it figured out (laughs) before every single play. Like, it's the most frustrating thing to watch. I do not understand how Todd Grantham can continue to let these guys line up. In the same, I mean, we're they're not changing that much stuff. Safety the corners don't have to talk that much. It's either cover zone or Do you know what I mean? It's just they're arguing every single play. It's just
3: confusing yeah, I, to me. I, I agree. I, I don't, I don't mind seeing the communication just as long as I, as you said, uh, Hopefully it's not arguing all the time. Hopefully they know their assignments. And to me, I actually like seeing them talk because that means they're communicating. And we still haven't seen those big miscommunication gaps that we saw last year. That's resulting in you know huge chunk plays for the opponent. Yeah. Uh, I I don't mind the conversation, just as long as they just as long as the right things come out of the conversation. Uh, because that at least lets me know you are communicating you're trying to make sure everybody knows where they're at and, and not have that stupid play where you give up some chunk yards because you're not in the right position so but yeah you're right uh it, hopefully it's not uh all the arguing and it is i mean hopefully you know the, when they're on the field the crowd's loud at that point so hopefully maybe it looks like they're arguing and they, but they're having to scream so loud because uh yeah. the crowd's being so loud too at the same point but uh that is that is the big thing. You know, if we could just get past putting the offense in a hole uh, because of the slow start on defense, maybe maybe maybe, maybe that's the big difference in, in, in coming up with some of these big wins versus the the better teams on the schedule. But I mean, the, the adjustment the, the the adjustments were awesome. I mean, Florida was starting to dare Alabama yeah. to run the ball, uh, and they couldn't. Florida's defensive line took over. It was like, all right, you know what? We're going to adjust. We're going to just. Dare you to run the ball? Hopefully, our defensive line stands up, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Um, have you guys spoken
2: about the Have you guys spoken about the two point conversion play yet? And the confusion with that?
3: Uh, no. Mullen did say there was a little uh, confusion there. It almost, I mean, don't get me wrong. Emory has a read to make, but you know, if he could have mm-hmm. just read it just a hair quicker and handed that ball off, it probably was there anyway. Uh, you could probably wish for a different play call in that situation um with the way the option was working. Do you think that what there was a the
2: tight end pop pass or, or, or not the or not t- or the the Thibaut jump pass? Uh, there is a small
8: Yeah, I'm there is sure. a
2: there is a small part of me that thinks that Keon that that zip was supposed to go to the middle because it was wide open. I think that that
3: was why Emery was holding it
2: cuz he was waiting yeah. for him to break free to dump it all. I mean, it'll have been a perfect time, right? <laughs>
3: Yeah, no, without knowing the, the exact call, I mean, the Mullen did say there was some, some uh, a miscommunication on that play. Um, and, you know, stings because that was a game-defining play uh, in, in that situation. So you'd like to see uh, communication be better in that regard there. But, you uh, know, without knowing the exact play call, I mean, you can definitely say it was a read option there. And Emory hangs on to it too long. But the why, why you know, why was the – decision there was it more about the run game was it like you were saying maybe looking for someone else to to you know have, have an option to um without knowing the exact play call I guess you know we'll kind of never know but maybe we can uh, find out more from mowing on that all right yeah
6: so so back uh, I just had a little bit more to say uh, yeah, I was gonna get as so I gave my shout out to the defense, and yeah, like you said, I, I don't know what the reason is. That's just the only reason I could explain it to why yeah a low start on defense. Um, oh, it's definitely
3: part of it. It's just there has to be more, but um, for for that to be a consistent issue in these big games.
6: Yeah, yeah. Um, my other shout out was to the offensive line, of course, man. They played that's the best offensive line game I've seen, and. I don't – it's been forever. Just the holes that was opened up, um, and like you said, on those option plays, uh, DeLance played an awesome game. Ethan White, well, I've seen him out there bullying people, and, yeah. and that's so yeah. good to see uh, just because of, you know, his whole story. And then the uh, last shout-out would be to Emory, man. He, he made a lot uh, – as much as his legs played a factor – and I know he he missed on a couple of throws, but man, he down the stretch he made some big, big throws. Um, the the few that that caught my eye was the the slant to Naquan. Uh, yep. When you know we were on the one yard line, third, and, you know, ten or whatever. That it's not a you know some crazy hard throw, but. We haven't seen that, you know, towards the middle. We haven't really seen the slant work all year. So, for it to work there to a, to a running back, nonetheless, and it was a great catch by Nyquan and a, and a great run. And then, of course, the, the back shoulder, um, I think maybe it was on, the, on that same drive or maybe it was later, I can't remember it, but the back shoulder to, to Henderson – quarter uh, yep. down in the red zone and then uh, another one that it wasn't even that great of a throw was the one down the middle to Whitmore Um, when it was like um, I think it was either it, we had a long third, know, nine, third 19 I think it yeah. was in yeah. game 17 yeah yeah. I mean of course if it was a better throw we could have got the first down then but I, it, Dan Mullen said it we don't, we don't expect he doesn't expect Emory to make all the throws and be super accurate like like Kyle was, so those those three plays were huge and like the first guy said man I'm so happy happy for emery to 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 play that way in that spot was great to see um and last thing is just how crazy is it that we went last year we had the best passing offense and this year we could have the not the dub best but one of the best. Passing offenses, and now we might have the best rushing offense. It's uh, a real testament to Dan Mullen and his play calling and his, um, Taylor and his game plan to the to the strengths.
3: Yeah, I mean that, that that's part of it there from Mullen too, and I think a lot of it too is you know you still I think recruited mostly for that style of play, so when you go back to it, it's not a huge uh, departure for at least what you have developed and recruited for a little bit. And, you know, it goes to speak to last year to where it was just that – we've seen Mullen pass the ball in his coaching career, but not as much as he did last year and was able to go around and, and adapt to that and then, like you said, a year later be able to go back around uh, to, to what a lot of people will call his bread and butter uh, and, and have something uh, for it. You know, I think we saw it on full display more than we did the first couple games of the season – and mostly because, you know, what I was going to say going into the game, most of the time is you got the quarterback's legs into the game. And it settled Embry down. It helped him helped the entire offense. Uh, you become a lot less predictable in that regard. It helps the offensive line uh thereby, you know, I think getting them in the groove is too. I said, look, it's going to be different when you ask those guys to move forward 40 times a game instead of, you know, backpedaling and, 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 and pass blocking 40 times a game. So it, it does definitely helps that group. Uh, come along. But yeah, I mean, up and down day for Emory, of course, you know, that, and as we kind of said, that's probably what we expected a lot coming into this season. There was not going to be as much consistency as you saw with Kyle Trash, but maybe some of the big plays were going to be there. Uh, and A lot more on the ground as well. So he's got to use it as a building step. You know, this has to be uh, something that you can take. It's definitely a better performance in, uh, versus Alabama in those first couple games uh, of the season. I think the game plan was built around him. Um more so in his first couple games, uh, just to make him more comfortable, use his legs a bit more. It helps him so much in his confidence, I think. It gets him into the rhythm of the game a little bit, too. And going back in the rewatch, I mean, some of those runs weren't easy as well. I mean, he had to spin away from tacklers. He put his shoulder down a couple times again, a couple more yards. I mean, uh, up and down day, that interception still liked to have back uh, a, a bit. Um I don't necessarily blame him for throwing it. He had to get rid of the ball or had to take the sack. So you could go back and say revisionist history, he probably should have taken the sack because, of course, the ball got picked off. But if that ball flutters out of bounds. It's no harm, no foul. Uh, it's just trying to make a play happen. Um, and, of course, go back and look at it. Maybe like to see him take the sack and, and punt the ball so Bama doesn't start in a good field position there on that drive. But uh, all in all, much better performance. is something that he has to build on. Uh, but I think so. I think you know. now you get into SEC play, it's just going to be the game plan. You're going to see his legs a bit more. AR comes hopefully back next week. So you're not not so scared to be quarterback running and getting injured. And I'm not a, a big fan of coaching scared. So, so now you've got a, maybe a fallback plan now if, uh, when AR is getting more healthy, closer to 100%. So I think you could run the quarterback and feel a little more confident in it if, if an injury does happen or if he has to come off the field for a couple plays uh, here or there. So Quarterback run play, I think uh, now we're, we're going to start to see it. it. was really not a whole lot of reason to show that in the first couple games. Uh, now it's going to be part of the game plan as we move forward.
6: Yeah, that's that's kind of why I had a lot of hope coming into this season, knowing we were, you know, going back towards this style of offense. And, uh, I heard a lot of people say, like, hey, how's – Dan Mullen going to adjust his offense now that that Kyle Trask is not there, and and I mean my thought was always like Kyle Trask was the adjustment, and and this yeah. style is, you know, this style is is what he what he wants to do, and and like you said bread and butter. So, but all right, Dave, uh, good stuff, and I'll talk to you later. Thanks. Sounds good. Thanks,
9: man. Man, what a game!
3: Yeah, well, I mean, man, unfortunately, you know that is that's that's still the bad part of it. You know, coming up short. Yeah, there's some good takeaway too, but uh, you know, not to harp on the bad. It's just, I'll go back to my preview episode. Just, can we get off to a better start? I mean, don't get me wrong; it's on both sides of the ball. You like to see your offense get off to a better start too, but to me, like I said, it's somewhat expected for me in a way. I just, I just hope, hope, and pray maybe one time we just see a better start on on defense to we'll start a game off.
9: Yeah, I was actually going to ask maybe taking the ball first until that actually maybe gets better, you know? Um, right. Yeah, we can start, you know, maybe deferring till then. Um, just given the kind of emotions, I guess, that poured out in that game, and do you see them? You see them having a little bit of a hangover, kind of going forward, like they kind of beat themselves up too much, or can you see this team rebounding? Because I mean, they grew up in four quarters, like that was that was the most interesting that, thing that stood out to me. Because even when those last, like, what, two and a half minutes where we botched that two-point conversion, like, Emery Witten, like, put his arm over Malik and just was basically saying, dude, like, that's on me. You know, like, just just seeing that type of poise, I guess, even in, like, the bad, I almost kind of feel like this loss is, like, the exact kick in the ass that we need to just steamroll the East. But, I mean, again, I, I'm more curious, like, what is your perception of the team and how quickly they maybe get over something? Or do you see them actually... You know, starting fresh this morning and getting after it to get
3: Tennessee. There's definitely a lot to take away, and you know, this is where I think leadership comes into play. You got Zach Carter, you Malik Davis, Emory Jones of the world. There's you know, just player's name off uh, off the top of my head. That, um, yeah, you'd like to say this is something they can build on. You know, and, and you know, hate. You know, just the, maybe the moral victory part of it, but the part of it comes, you know, how, how do you respond? And I do like the the veterans on this team, Uh if from you know, keeping this from uh, being hit too hard. You know, shout out to the crowd, you know, as the as the game was ending and the and the and the players were heading to the band uh, to do the alma after the game, and the crowd was cheering on the team and stuff. So you know, hopefully, it's just those little things that maybe add up to saying, you know, all right, you know, we we're here, we we. Two games now in Alabama in the last, you know, few games dating back to last season, and now early this season, uh, you see how close you are. But uh, you know, you've got to this, necess- you've got to sit down, figure out, you know, where where the issues are. Um, you can't be happy that you sit there and say, okay, well, we're with two points within Alabama. That's how good we are. No, there's still plenty of room for improvement uh, for for this team to take that next step. You know, you've got to improve as the season goes along. Other teams are going to improve as the season goes along uh, as well, but you do have a good starting block. You have a building block to to build on. Uh, But I I like the player and make the player makeup on this team to, you know, to to, to be there and not let the, the loss hang over I uh, maybe it could be proven wrong <laughs> when, when uh-huh. we roll around here on uh, on on Saturday. I'm kind of kind of glad it's one of those night games that you know you get kind of hyped for anyway. And if it was one of those noon sleeper games, maybe you kind of sit there and say, ah, you know, who knows how you respond to one of those nooners where the crowd's late arriving and, and the atmosphere's not there. I expect a good atmosphere uh, after what we saw Saturday. Now you got a game night game after that, so I, I think at least some of the outside stuff will be there. Uh, but now it's going to be internal and, and the coaching staff and the veterans of this team to make sure that it's something that you can build on and um, and not feel too hard on about the loss. You know, I wanted to take it hard. I wanted I wanted to take the loss hard and and see, uh, you know, this is what it feels like. This is how close you are. But it doesn't matter if you don't turn it into some kind of positive.
9: Yeah. Uh, I, I guess I put a little bit more investment into, like, initial reactions versus, like, breakdowns yeah. throughout the week. But it seemed that everyone – because I was thinking, well, if we beat Alabama, then they talk about, you know, Alabama. Are they down? Are they on their way right. out? Whatever. And, that, know, and that's, was, happening, and be, that's <laughs>
3: happening anyway.
9: <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, but it's just, you know, on, on their way out. But I I found it kind of surprising that all the initial reactions were more more emphasized on, like, dude, Florida came out. Like, what – what is Dan Mullen doing in Gainesville? Like there was a huge emphasis on that, and I mean, just given like later down the way, if the eye test becomes a factor, like those kinds of talking points, like I think carry a lot of weight. So, if we yeah, are that's kind what I of said on the yesterday fence.
3: too, on, right? That's what I said yesterday on the pod too. I was like, right now it's not a good loss on the heels of the game. It's not a good loss. No, no loss is good, but when you get toward the end of the season, then you can kind of define bad loss, good loss, hopefully, hopefully you're in that conversation where you start looking at good losses uh, you know, for, for Florida in some kind of college football playoff race. We get way ahead of ourselves there. But, you know, as, as people like to define moral victory or people like to define good loss, right now it's not. You lost a game, you know, and a game you had a chance of winning. But maybe down the road, if you keep improving, then you look back at if it's a good loss or a bad loss.
9: Yeah, and does that Texas A&M Alabama game, where is that Tuscaloosa or um, Kyle Field? Uh,
3: oh, shoot. Uh, let's look it up. I'm not sure off my Cuz I mean, I would love right. to have
9: another chance at Alabama, but I'll tell you what, Texas A&M they're looking like they're being a little more consistent than I prefer.
3: Yeah, I mean they have uh, the injury at quarterback, so we'll see where that, you know, is hanging in the balance uh when when that game comes along. It is at Texas A&M October 9th. So circle that, but uh, Alabama has old missed a week before that at, at home. So nice. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well,
9: again, I mean, I'm proud of the guys as always. And like I said, it'd be one thing. if It was a bad loss. If like that defense just never showed up. I mean, yeah, I would have, I would have been much more upset, but the fact they, they owned it. Offense got back into it. We just didn't finish uh, at that very end there. So, but yeah, I mean, like, Dad, like Mullen said, it's just, like, those those margins for error are so slim, like, to do anything, missed extra points. Like, you can't do that. So, hopefully it gets better. Right.
3: Yep, didn't oh. finish the game, but you got a chance to finish the season. That's the way I'll put it. Yeah.
9: So. Same. All right, well, I'll let someone else yep. have the floor. Thanks, Dave.
3: Thanks, man. All right. Guess we got here. What's so, up, Nick.
10: Dave, hey, good morning, Dave. Greetings from Birmingham.
3: How was the trip, man?
10: Man, it was awesome, Dave. Man, me and my wife, we stayed in Alachua. Uh, man, it was great. We went up there Friday, visited the campus, uh, got up there Saturday morning about 9 o'clock, man. Got a chance to meet Brandon Spike. Uh, it, was, it was crazy, Dave. It was really, it was really good
3: atmosphere. Glad you enjoyed it. Glad, glad it was worth the trip. Of course, didn't get, didn't get it done. But at least, but at least it didn't feel like a wasted trip.
10: Absolutely, absolutely. I'm telling you,
3: man. We got down twenty-one to
10: three. Man, I was like, I started sitting down, then my wife started standing up. I was like, oh lord, don't let this (laughs) blow out. (laughs) But uh, once once we once we close that gap a little bit, Dave, man, I'm telling you, the crowd got back into it, man, and uh, I'm telling you, after Bama reeled off them 21 in the first quarter, man, the defense really started. Start they really played well after that, man, and uh, they just hunkered down, man, and uh, I mean it was a gutsy gutsy performance by on both sides of the ball because they could have easily gave up.
3: Yeah, I guess, I just thought about this. Maybe there's something teams are identifying in Todd Gramps' defense that he starts the same way almost every time and they just kind of know what they can take advantage of. Uh, Maybe he could come out and be more unpredictable in that regard. Uh, Maybe that's what it takes for a faster start on defense. Uh, just because it, it it does seem to happen uh, way too often. Get get you and you get your offense in a hole. Uh, mm-hmm. They have to they have to play perfect pretty much the rest of the game. And look, they almost did. Uh, those those drives in the second half were just some long drives uh, to where maybe if uh, you, you get one just a little quicker. Uh, maybe you get an extra drive somewhere along the way. Uh, but that's you know, just all, all in the storyline of a game there. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of credit to go around. Uh, but uh, also just uh, – look, I mean, that's what I said yesterday too. You know, Florida outplayed Alabama for three quarters. So that's, why it also, that's why it also seems like there's more good to talk about than bad. Yeah. Most of the bad really dates back to just the one quarter. Uh, so there's a lot more to look at for Florida in quarters two, three, and four. And to get back into the game, so you know it almost—it's uh, weird because you're almost. A lot of the conversation kind of sounds like a, con- a lot of conversation after a win. Uh, mm-hmm. But Right now, it's just uh, that's the that's that's the hurtful part of it is you know you had your chances and didn't and didn't come out.
10: Absolutely. Uh, let me get your opinion on this, Dave. And I've been back and forth. Me and my wife was talking about it. Uh, when we, when we got down there for the two point conversion and I was talking to another Florida fan behind me and I was, I know AR was, you know, he was out, but I was talking to him. I said, man, if he could just bring AR in for this two point conversion, uh, you know, maybe that adds a different, a uh, different vibe to that, to that two point conversion. What's your thoughts on that? Or would you have rather just kept Emory in there doing that since he had been starting the whole game?
3: Well, and, and the run game is working. It, it, it's hard to sit here and say you know, maybe taking Emory out for, for AR. Now, maybe what I'd like to see, if a, if AR was not going to be anything more than a pocket pass right there, said after the game, maybe throw him in at receiver – Whatever that, you know, you play, you see him at receiver just as a decoy. Make Alabama think <laughs> a little bit more. But that's, you know, revision his, revisionist history here. That's just yeah. something that comes up in my mind there, with especially knowing that AR wasn't really going to do anything uh, as far as with his legs. So maybe some kind of decoy type of play with him. But, you know, in, in looking at it, I just think the way you were running the ball, not a terrible call. Emory makes a decision to a hair faster. Maybe you get in anyway. Uh, yeah. But it's just – the, the the way the run game was working, I I I can't really second guess the play call. I can't really second guess with who was out there. It was just, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just got to got to go execute. It make sure there's no confusion. Make sure everybody's on the same page. Uh, in in that type of play, you know, where you may not get the ball back, uh, and that's just kind kind of what happened there.
10: I got you. And the last thing is this, Dave. Uh, that that play by Jamarcus Weston where he let that ball go out of bounds. Have you ever seen one like that? Uh. I, I, it's been a rare that I've actually
3: seen that. Yeah, I'm just assuming since it happened in the end zone, he probably thought that since it was in the end zone, it was going to be a dead ball, even if they hit him or not. Um, but apparently not. Uh, apparently the ball can roll out of the end zone and back into the field of play. And that's exactly what happened there. And Florida starts with the one-yard line. So, you know um, – Credit to Will Miles there, a little shout-out to him for his article. It's like, yeah, you know, Florida ended up scoring on that drive, 99-yard drive, but maybe you save a little bit of time on the clock toward the end of the game if you don't have to drive 99 yards. Maybe if you only have to drive 75 yards, then you got a, a minute more on the clock, and you can do something more at the end of the game. So it's just those little things that I talked about yesterday in the podcast, the little things that just really added up for the upset not to happen.
10: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I appreciate it, Dave. I always enjoy uh, what you do, so keep up the good work. Go Gators.
3: Go Gators. All right, G, I just brought you in here. Shannon Snell making an appearance. Guys, you in here, Shannon? I see you're in here, but it looks like you're on mute.
11: What's up, Dave? How you doing, buddy? How's it going, man? uh, I'm doing good. Yeah. uh, Yeah, yeah. Good. I just, uh, I mean, it was, uh, I know everybody saw the game. And uh, I keep hearing this thing about, um, you know, about everybody thinks saying, hey, it it was a loss and, you know, we shouldn't be in the moral victories. And they're absolutely right. Uh, but let me thing, let me bro. hear let me hear it
3: from a former player. Like, William, what yeah. what is the mindset of a of a player in a in a close loss like
11: this? Uh, it sucks. It it really does. I mean, no matter how you look at it, a loss is a loss, and I don't think anybody in that locker room is going to look back on it and be like, "Hey, at least we played B- Bama close." I think that's more for the media, the fans, and everybody else. But but it does go with saying I was on the sideline on 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 Saturday, and it does go with saying that the energy from that Florida team throughout the entire game was like. It was at a high level. It was different. And it's the fact of – and this is one thing I'm a little bit I'm a little bit sick of hearing is that Bama's having a down year or Bama's not mm-hmm. looking so good. Everybody saw Bama the first two games of the season, how they absolutely killed Miami, and they, they just beat the shit out of everybody. Here's the thing is that maybe people need to start giving. And I talked about this weeks and weeks ago. Matter of fact, I was on here with you about how good this offensive line could be. Yep. And if, if you, if, if, when Dan finally got his guys and finally got his system and finally got his quarterbacks, you know, uh, uh, under his wing and gave, gave him a couple of years and finally got the firing of how good this offense could be. And this is exactly what it was. Last year was a little, he had, you know, some generational talents and, and trash and Pitts and, and Tony. But now Dan has the, now he's opening up the playbook for exactly what he wants to do. And his offense is fine. And, and, and you know what, we all need to kind of give, John Hevesy a little bit of credit because this is the offense that he was born and bred. in. this is the stuff that he ran when he's been with Dan. This is, this is what these guys have been clamoring for, for so long. And now that they have the guys, it's not that Alabama is down. Alabama is going to go through and kick the shit out of everybody moving forward. We already know that Alabama is going to learn from this game and try to adjust, but there's not, they're not going to see another offensive line that blocked like Florida did on, on Saturday because Florida came out with the mission. I saw it all week. I saw you know, the same guys. And I mean, I even talked to a few of them where they, they believed that they were going to beat Bama and that Bama was not – Bama was not going to dominate them. So, I think all the uh, all the credit in the world needs to be given the, the heavacy in that offensive line because it wasn't – this is not an abnormal defense. Matter of fact, I can go on record saying there's a couple Alabama guys saying that this is their best defense that they've had since 2012. And I so, agree.
3: I, I, the, the, my my preseason notion about this Alabama defense hasn't changed. I still thought it was a really good defense. I still think it's a really good defense. And I'm, like you, I'm I'm giving I'm giving a lot of credit to the
11: Florida offense there. Yeah, and 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 just you know, just from what I see, what I saw from the sideline, you know, Florida has the opportunity to run the table. This that's no doubt. I mean, Emory, it's everybody obviously needs to understand that this was his third game, and we've seen the progression from game one and game two and. And AR, once he gets better, you know, he's going to be that extra added wrinkle into the offense. But I think Florida's in a really good spot um, right now, as long as there's no like, you know, you know no droughts in their thinking or where they're at, uh, you know, or any letdowns from this Alabama game saying, hey, at least we hung with Alabama. We can beat anybody now. They still have to perform. But brother, I tell you, being on that sideline and, and watching those guys and seeing the energy and uh, there's no doubt in my mind that they're going to be in a really good spot moving forward uh, for the rest of the season.
3: Yeah, it's more. It's a. It's a lot of mental, mental toughness right now. Now uh, going in, like you said, can't can't relish and, and and settle for a close loss versus Alabama. You know, use it as use it as some kind of motivation for the rest of the season.
11: Right, and and and, and the second thing is though, or the last thing is uh, the two point conversion. I know. I mean, it's it's like you just said. I mean, you could you know question it. You cannot question it. I thought it was a good play. If Emory decides to hand the ball off. and and let and let Pierce just kind of take off and bull right into the end zone I think Florida gets it but you know it's it's a read option is a really tough play especially with the closer you are to the goal line because you don't have a lot of room to operate or especially when the defense is so close in so it was it it was probably a tough play to call right there but Florida was so good and had done so well up front just opening up holes in the middle of the defense between the guards um I think it was you know it was it was a 50-50 call and if it would have worked, he would have looked like a genius, but it didn't. And it just – you know, it's going to take a little bit more time for those guys to, to create a little bit more of a cohesive unit, especially on those handoffs. But I, I think it was it was a good call at the time. Yeah, I, I
3: think so too, especially, like you said, the run game was working. And it's just it, – it's easy to go back and look and say what should have been done. So.
11: Yeah. But anyway, thanks, brother. I appreciate you uh, listening. in.
3: Hey, thanks for hopping in.
11: All right.
3: Let's see. We got some – one more coming in here. All right, Devo, are you in here? Okay, I'm saying that right. Hey, here David. Hey, man.
6: Hey, uh, so just a quick question. Uh, after seeing our rushing attack against Alabama, like seeing how it can actually go to work against a top-tier opponent, uh, how do you think that plays out for play calling the rest of the season? You think we're going to be more run-heavy for sure now?
3: Well, I think so. I mean, I think just because it makes the whole offense easier. I mean, it, it's uh, defensive lines cannot, you know, they don't don't tee off on the on on dropbacks for the quarterback now. I think it puts you in some friendly down and distance situations. You know, you're not dealing with a whole lot of third longs uh, when you're running the ball like this. And you know, we'll see how consistent it is. I think that's the big question. Is you know, we we've seen it three games now, so I, it's going to be a huge part of the offense. It's going to be a huge positive part of this offense you know but now uh you've had some you've had some friendly situations we'll see what happens when you go on the road in a couple weeks and then you know run games usually travel but you know we'll see how that goes uh along but i I think given Mullins' history and, and and an offense like this you probably have to feel pretty good about it being a huge part of this offense moving forward and to me making it easier for these quarterbacks when they're out there
6: Okay, one more thing. Uh, Naquan Wright, what do we – I think I think he should be getting close to uh, getting that one spot.
3: I mean, <laughs> it's hard to say. I mean, Malik Davis, you go and look at the game he had as well. And after what he did in week one, uh, you saw what Pierce did in week two. Uh, and then Pierce had a big run in this game as well. I mean, I just – I think every week – It really is hard. Different. Yeah, it and is, I think every it week is going to be say. something different. Yeah, every week is going to be something different. There, I mean, right had that 99-yard touchdown drive doesn't happen without Wright right. The things that he put out on the field uh, in that drive, as a as a receiver, as a running back, I mean, he he controlled that drive. That drive was because of him and, and his playmaking ability. Uh, it just it really might just be. I know everybody hates it, and well, not everybody, but I know a lot of people hate the whole running back by committee. But it really just might be that way uh, this part of the season. Maybe we see more Lingard both. As the as the season goes along, but I mean, I, more, look, a lot of the same talk we talk about this run game and John Hevesy and the offensive line. You know, I, I kept saying too that it's really going to benefit these re, these running backs and don't give up on Pierce yet, don't give up on Dave, Davis yet. And I know those guys are veterans and you probably expect them more out of them the last couple of years, but going back to this offense was going to help those running backs as well, and that's what we've seen these first three weeks.
6: Yeah, I think Malik Davis is going to. I think he's finally found his confidence again. I feel like last season he wasn't very confident, but he's starting to look more confident on the field. I like how he's looking.
3: Yeah, I do too. I mean, good good, good for him too, to to bounce back and have a have a really good year and uh, you know just that, that after week one and some big plays and I think I think he averaged almost nine yards a carry against Alabama. So uh, you, you got these running backs making plays out there.
6: True that. Thank you.
3: Thanks, man. All right, a couple more in here, and then we'll call it an episode. Good man, how about you?
8: Okay. Oh, uh, I just wanted to say that I'm very proud of the boys. The way they played yesterday, um, Saturday. Sorry, I think they played with a lot of heart, and they really showed that they are at a close to be at a national championship level. And um, also, I wanted to ask you, like, why does everybody want to say that Obama played down or they didn't execute the way they were supposed to instead of saying that Florida actually played better? They were better than they thought they would be. That's my big problem.
3: Yeah, part of it, part of it's because people want to be right. People want their preconceived notions to be right. So, you know, they, they want to say Alabama is better, but they played down instead of saying, well, maybe Florida's better than we thought. Uh, I think that's the for a lot of people that's the easy way uh, to to go about it and they kind of want their preconceived notion to be right so uh, but yeah I mean Florida raised their level of play uh, a lot of people will say well Bama jumped up 21 to 3 and maybe they took the foot off the pedal well Bama doesn't really do that Bama doesn't take the foot off the pedal that's a that's something that Nick Saban has been lauded for of not taking the foot off the pedal so why is it now that a team actually came back and made it a competitive that Bama took the foot off the pedal. I don't agree with that either. So I think, I think it was more about Florida coming back and more so than Bama getting comfortable or Bama uh, taking the foot off the pedal. And uh, hopefully it's something that you can build on uh, as the season moves forward. Cause yeah, I think, you know, if you look at it that way and, it, and, and, it, and it's somewhat true, there's a, there's a lot to take away uh, for, for, from that performance there. Uh, but, uh, you know, and look, uh, I, I'll say, you know, I, and I'll, I will say I, I don't think Bama's offense is as good as last year's, but they're about where I thought they would be uh, this year with with the change at quarterback. I didn't I never expected them to be uh, last year's offense. I still think that Bama defense is really good. I still think one of the one of the country's best defenses. And, and Florida's offense uh, went out there and had their way in the run game. So uh, uh, may, maybe it's my orange and blue glasses looking at it, but I still think that Alabama team is good. I still think that Alabama team is the best team in the country. And Florida did some good things against
8: them. I totally totally agree. I also want to say that even when you look at the first three drives, where we gave up those 21 points, in each drive, at least twice, we could have stopped them. It was mental errors. I think it was jitters. I think the guys didn't know exactly what to expect. I think they got to take a little time to settle down. But in those three drives, at multiple times, we could have stopped them. It was either penalties or missed tackles. Because you it's a
3: totally different games. Yep, the missed tackles were my biggest worry, and it showed up early. And, you know, credit to them for for improving throughout the game. But my biggest worry showed up early and often and, and pretty much was the difference in the game. Um, and But that second drive, I'm telling you, that, that's the one that, that irks me just a bit because that pass interference call, Elam, was – it was – it, it, first of all, it wasn't pass interference, and I think the ref thought it was going to be, and just decided, okay, you know what, I'm throwing the flag before I even actually see it, uh, and you know, maybe that's a little bit of Bama cooking there that we you know we see uh, sometimes out there. But uh, you know, you had you had them stopped on that second drive, uh, and maybe that's the difference in the game as well. Now, of course, the game still has to play out, and you, you still had your opportunities there, but there are things like that to point to as well that uh, you know, for at least for as far as the defense goes, and that the early. Uh, Onslaught that Bama put on them, uh, there are things that said maybe, maybe that shouldn't have happened.
8: Yeah. Also, I wanted to say that last thing I wanted to say that we had a bunch of recruits there at the game. Um, I hope that this game is the one that turns it around for us, that they can see that we are national contenders pretty much compared to the other schools that they are thinking of going to. And I think that um, what have you heard so far from the feedback? I know everybody liked the, how loud it was, how nice the like, ambience was, the atmosphere. And everything, but what have you heard of any of the recruits? Because I know we also had a lot of guys that already committed to other schools that were coming in. I know Walter annoying. Was still coming. Was still there. And um, what have you heard from those guys?
3: Uh, no one, you know, gave it a, um, uh, I think a rating out of nine out of ten is what I saw. And look, you know, he has those three schools at his top. And I, you know, even said at the time I wouldn't buy fully into those three being his final three. You know, I still think that recruitment is is open for many reasons there for, for Nolan and, and and his family. Uh, So, you know, we'll see where it takes. But uh, as far as recruiting goes, you know, of course, you're going to hear a whole whole lot of glowing reviews uh, from these recruits that were there. And it's up to the staff to take advantage. And we've heard this before. It's nothing new. You've had the LSU environment in 2018 and you come out with a victory. You had the environment of 2019 Auburn. uh, And a lot of the same things that we're hearing now are the things we heard back then uh, now the staff just has to go out there and take advantage of it. So it, it, it's in the staff's hands now. You you have to follow up uh, there. You, you're, if this environment can get you in the battle, can get you in that final conversation for a lot of these big-time recruits, then it's now up to the staff to close the deal. And that's where they've – you know, have faltered, uh, in, in, years past, but now you, you, you have a chance again, uh, Florida got some, got some, uh, crystal balls, you know, some of them were happening right before the game. Anyway, as Thomas, the, the big athlete there, uh, he's got some crystal balls, um, Some picks were before the game, but even more coming after the game. Uh, They're the big-time athlete, more likely a safety for the Gators. Uh, Four-star, you're probably looking good for him. Jaden Gibson, four-star wide receiver. Uh, Now it looks like he's leaning towards Florida a bit, too. So Florida's got some big names uh, that they're looking good for right now. It's just the same old story. You've got to be able to close it.
8: Yeah. Well, one last thing, sorry about that. I hope the guys just keep on playing the way they play and they keep on getting better because – if we remember, FSU got a good game. Well, they, a good loss against Notre Dame. And they were glowing about how good they yep. look and how recruits were. All happy about that, how it's, right. the, how it's turning. And now look at them. And um, I think that uh, by far we should be – by far not even close the best in Florida. Because look at what, how the state of Miami. This is just uh, – well, I don't have an answer for that. I don't know what's going on with them. Even though I did predict <laughs> that they could start the season 0-3, but I didn't take it possible. But, hey, we'll see how it goes. And um, also, do we have any chance at getting Tyler Booker back? Because I think that would be a good get for a team and for the future. Um, After that game against Alabama, do you think you might still think about flipping over to Florida or still thinking about us as a possible school that you can go to? And that's my last question. Thank you very much. Thanks.
3: Yeah, I mean, I don't know any inside info on that one. I'm sure I, I a guess, I would just say he's probably fully locked in to to Alabama. Maybe somehow, some way, that's running game performance <laughs> you, you you'd hope would uh maybe change some things there. But I I, I don't think I'd get my hooks up for that one. All right, Yuri, I think you're in here now. This would be our last one before uh, if you're still in here, uh, get you in here, and before I
5: sign off on this one. Hey, what's up, Dave? Can you hear me? Yep, I got you. Let clear. Oh, cool! Thanks for having me, man. Hey, listen, great game. A lot of a lot of good, definitely some bad. Uh, one, I I want to talk about bad real quick. Uh, I okay. think we really got to figure out um how to start better because this 21, <laughs> 21 three start really killed us. I mean, it's really really hard to play from uh, from behind uh, from almost three touchdown deficit with a team like Alabama. Uh, one thing I agree with you 100% that. Uh, Pass interference penalty completely, completely, um, you know, kind of like killed the momentum for us because we were we were having the momentum. And and if we had that stop, I think the game would have looked differently. Also, I want to point out to uh, all the missed tackles and penalties. The missed tackles were so obvious because we've had them where we needed them we could stop them on on several drives and you could see our defensive players just being a little bit out of position or could not wrap up their offensive players so i think we kind of got to get back to fundamentals you know and, and and be humble enough as a team to look at some of these mistakes and really clean it up because if we do i think defensively we can be even better but uh listen not to take away um you know the effort that we put in defensively i think we we played really, really well for three quarters. It was really encouraging to see. I think our running game is really, really good. I mean, because, you know, considering the fact that Alabama is defensively one of the top teams in the nation, if we can continue on with the running game, like we've had against Alabama, man, we can be dangerous. That's super encouragement. And I think to your point, you know, as far as having three or four running backs, I think it's a good thing because I think they all bring different strengths to the table. I think they can play very, very well. And... um we can see how how just how elusive and how effective they can be in the running game. Uh, as far as I love what he did. I think he uh, asserted himself as a, as a QB. I think there would be no more talk about you know starting quarterback. Even though I think you know AR is coming. There's no there's no doubt about it. Um, so all in all, you know I think it was great to see the, the comeback. It was great to see uh, the effort. And I think we were very close, man. I think couple of plays, couple of calls and i think we we it could have gone the other way so just wanted to say that man
3: yeah yeah thanks for hopping in there you know a lot of those uh, the fast starts and stuff i, I spoke on uh, pretty pretty much at the beginning of this but uh yeah, you know, the, the worries that I had there the missed tackles, the yards after the catch, the yards after contact, all showed up early on versus uh, Alabama. They were able to just dominate the flats and get their running back on a on a one-on-one matchup versus the DB, which the DB is not really going to win that matchup a whole lot of times, especially when it comes to yards after contact. Uh, you know, those Bama skilled players, I'm going to tell you, they did such a good job of just spreading the field out and making sure they had after the catch a one-on-one matchup that was benefiting their guys at the time. Uh, so, uh, that was, uh, part of their game plan early. They were able to execute that game plan, uh, and, and really take advantage of the, uh, of the Florida defense. And you know, Florida had their chances, as you said, stopping the tackles, the penalties as well, uh, all showed up early and uh, early and often there for that Florida defense. And, uh, and hopefully, you know, we see the improvement there early in games in, the, in that situation, but, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's still my biggest takeaway uh, of the game because I just think that was the biggest difference in the
5: game. And another thing, too, real quick, I'm really curious to see how they're going to come out against Tennessee. I'm really curious to see what the mindset is going to be going forward, um, you know, because, again, if they can dominate the run game and don't play down to lesser teams going forward, I think that's really going to define a lot of things. Uh, for the rest of the season. Man, they could really run the ball against one of the best defenses. If they can keep it going, it could be a special season. I really think so. And I think uh, Mullen said some good things in the um, post-conference as far as cleaning up little mistakes. You know, I think, again, what's the mindset of the team is going to be going forward? That's the big question. Can they start dominating from, you know, the opening uh, quarter uh, and, and really make some things happen there?
3: Yeah, I mean, pressure and confidence now. I think, you know, starting with quarterback there, You know, Emory's got some more confidence now uh, going in after, you know, uh, a better performance there in the first couple of weeks. And uh, maybe some of the pressure now uh, is relieved in, in, in having that performance. So go out there and, and continue to be the leader uh, that we know he is uh, and and continue to, to help the team get better. And you know, it starts right there, uh, I think, you know, and making sure your, your leader and your quarterback uh, take you into, um, you know, hosting another home game. You should be more comfortable at home uh, and, you know, being able just to just, just, to bounce off of a good performance and, and
1: keep it going
5: yeah absolutely great stuff here buddy uh have a great day go gators go gators stink man what's up
1: what's going on dw
3: not much enjoying these conversations i'll have a couple more people in here and then i'll, I'll call it episode. but i've seen you in here a good bit so i saw you i saw you requesting to get in so i, I knew i had to let you in
1: yeah, man, I just had two takes on the game, man. I'm just waking yeah. up, so y'all don't talk about me. But um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I would never question what Mullen does anymore. I mean, he had a great plan for that game. Yeah. I was mad because AR wasn't going to play at the beginning, but the more I thought of it, thought about it, I understood he was trying to get the confidence for Emory, and it makes sense. And my last, my second thing is, I'm glad Jeremiah Moon is back. Tell you what, man, I
3: I was maybe a year early. I know when we did our like preseason predictions in 2020, I think I pegged Moon as a breakout player or or some maybe even MVP of the defense or something. Maybe I was a year early on that, and uh, I wasn't brave enough to pick it again coming into this year. But uh, maybe maybe he'll prove me wrong a bit. And uh, as I as I pegged him in 2020 to have a big year, maybe he'll have that big year in 2021.
1: Man, he's doing his thing. I give it to him. Hey, I'm proud of the guys. There's no more victories. I still say the refs caused that game, but you know that's just my opinion. But um,
3: yeah, a lot, a lot of little things added up, man. That's the that's the frustrating part of it.
1: But yeah, offensive, defensive, man. He'll to the ten points in three quarters, under a one hundred yard rushing. That's with the talent different between us and them. That's hey, that's coaching, man, and I'm proud of them guys.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely, man. It was a lot, lot to take away from it. A lot of positives to take away from it. But uh hopefully this just guys, you know, just
1: can can use it as a
3: springboard for uh, uh even bigger even bigger rest of the year.
1: Yes, sir. All right.
3: Go gators. Go man. Go gators, man. Thank you. All right. A Couple more of you in here now I and mean, then I will call it we'll call it there. If you If you do want to talk, I brought you in here. Uh, Let's see. Who was it? Was it D? Morning, Dave. Hey, man. How are you? Morning, man.
12: I just wanted to say, man, go Gators, man. I went to the game, man. It was amazing. The atmosphere was amazing, man. The crowd was amazing. He never gave up. Our D line, man, I was so proud of him, man. Dexter is playing amazing, man. He made a (laughs) shot Hey, he made a stop on the goal line, man. It was just like, I was really, it was just amazing, man. And another thing, man, uh, what happened to Copeland down the
3: stretch, man? I didn't see him. Um, you know, uh, it is, uh, is it? It, you had to... I mean, I'll give him a lot of credit for he he was he was helping out in the run game, blocking. Uh, so I'll give him some credit there. You know, for to play in this offense and now the the focus of this offense in that run game, you're going to ask a lot of your wide receivers to block, and he may not be getting the catches, but he's still making sure he's engaged and and holding those blocks and making sure he springs some runs out going out out to outside, like a lot of those option plays. They don't happen without your offensive tackles. They don't happen without your wide receivers walking down the field either. So I'll give you some credit there. Uh, you will see with, with the passing game as it evolves a little bit more, I think uh, it's going to just be maybe different receivers week in and week out. And that's going to be your highlight guys, uh, guys making the catch. Uh, I think that's probably with this focus in the in the run game of the offense. I think your know, receivers, it's just going to be – I mean, he was targeted a bit. You know, he, got that, he drew the pass interference call early on in the game. Uh, yeah, and uh, I think there was another one. I got some targets I, there. I yeah, think he was targeted yeah. three or four times. Yeah, uh, so you know it's uh it's just going to be with this offense and the focus in the run game. I think uh, it's just going to be a different receiver that's going to be garnering the, the catches week in and week out, and uh, we and part of the game plan as well. Game, part of the game plan was to get these tight ends more involved. You saw it from the get go, very first couple. You know, Kamori Gamble in the very first drive was targeted. Uh, three times, or had three catches in the first drive, and had the first two yeah. catches of the game. So, um, probably a lot of just probably a lot of part of the game plan uh, going into it too. And how much you're gonna get these tight ends involved in the passing game too?
12: Yeah, and another thing, our I, I receivers, we got we got a nice receiver core, especially Henderson. I'm surprised at his play, but I I, I know he was highly recruited
3: coming out of high school, but he's really living up to the you know the hype. Yeah, a lot of these guys is just about opportunity. You know, they've been, you know, overshadowed by guys playing in the NFL right now. Uh, so, you know, now now they have their chance and I know uh, if you're highly recruited, we kind of expect maybe an immediate, uh, immediate reaction, immediate play time and you got, and, and to show up on campus ready to go, but, especially at receiver with who Florida had and with, when Mullen came in here and then who he's been developed with, with Tony and Pitts along the way as well. You know, it's just uh, – sometimes you just got to wait your time. And it, it may take a little bit longer than we want it to.
1: All right, Dave. Well, go Gators, man. Go Gators, man. Thanks for hopping in.
3: All right, a couple more requests. Uh, I'm trying to get off here, but I, if you guys want to hop in, I'll keep it going just a little bit more. All right, let's see. BZU you in here? you might ready to go there you go. What's going
12: on, Dave? I had a question, man yeah
3: man. do you
12: think do you think that that this type of game having emery Emory play the whole game is like a confidence builder, whereas when you face teams like Tennessee next week, you may not he may not be so hesitant to you know make the throws and make plays. Seeing as how he was able to do, you know, better towards the end of the Bama game.
3: Yeah, and I said this in the podcast yesterday. Um, look, playing and choosing and develop a quarterback is—it's not cookie cutter. I mean, you—you of course you have guys out there like Bryce Young for Alabama, who is a young quarterback and he's ready to go and is surrounded by a whole lot of five-star, four-star talent around him. You know. Uh, and all that, and it makes it maybe a little bit easier for a younger guy to come in in that regard. And then uh, maybe for somebody like Emory, it just takes time. You know, he didn't have a lot of these game reps, didn't have a lot of passing reps uh, in these first few years, and and now he's getting that. Uh, So it's it's not cookie-cutter. Maybe – and I keep going back to this, you know, for as good as Kyle Trask was, you know, we saw it took him game reps to get a lot more comfortable. Now, he came out and, and of course, had the big comeback versus – versus Kentucky and, and played and had some up and downs versus Tennessee and Auburn. But you saw as the more reps he got, the more comfortable he got. A lot of those sack fumbles where he held onto the ball too long and wasn't comfortable getting rid of the ball. Uh, you know, he'd get hit and he'd fumble and lead to a big uh, – uh, fumble recovery by the defense, putting the defense in bad situations. But you know, the more he played, the more comfortable he got, and you didn't see those mistakes from Kyle Trask. So you know, getting more game reps is just probably the most important part for Emory right now. Uh, and you know, Of course, of course, a lot of experience, and he's been in this system for a while. But maybe, maybe it's just those game reps. That's the final step for Emory to uh, you know, li- you know, to to be the quarterback that uh, that can carry this team. And look, we'll see Ar too. There's, but both those guys are going to play. But I do think. Now it's just the more game reps that Emory gets, you know, he'll he'll get more comfortable. And I think in, 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 in turn we'll feel more comfortable uh, with him out there leading this team as well.
12: Right. I felt like – I felt like toward the end of the game, he started to make decisions a little better. Even sometimes just went ahead and scrambled instead of sitting back there for so long and throwing it late. Took off and got the first down and, you know, extended the drive and just – you know, I'd rather him do stuff like that than to wait, 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 and then make a mistake, throw another pick or something like that. So I made a post saying that I feel like he grew up this game, and I believe it's these type of games that, are, you know, when you're facing lesser opponents towards the end of the year, because, face it, we ain't going to face nobody as good as Bama besides Georgia, and I don't even know if Georgia really legit. So I think I think this, this might have been the game that he grew up and we start to see him perform, at least make decisions better you know, towards the end of the year. So, yeah, that's all I want to ask you, Dave.
3: Yeah, man. Appreciate excited. you having me on, man. Thanks, man. Yeah, excited to see uh, uh, the growth of the whole team as well, you know, moving moving forward with this one, you know, starting start with everything there. All right. All Let's right, see. man. Go Gators. Go Gators. All right, T. Smith, I see you in here. If you want to hop on, this will be the last one. Hey,
7: good morning, Dave. Hey, good morning, Dave. Hey, I just uh wanted to ask about one specific player. Uh to everybody else kind of covered most of the players on offense. Uh, Justin Shorter, he I you know, I follow him on Instagram and um, you know, I don't I don't follow every player, but you know, just mainly the big ones. Um he put in so much work off season, like literally every day. That dude was on the field on I mean, just giving it his all, practicing, practicing, putting in reps. And I, I, I picked him as a breakout player this year, and he, he just kind of, kind of been quiet. I, I noticed one time specifically in the end zone he was targeted. Yeah. And, uh, he dropped the ball. You know, he was he was draped all over, but that's still a catch from a five star guy coming out of high school. that You expect him to make. Um, kind of what you feeling on him? You know, I'm not I'm not trying to call him out or anything because I think he's a good player. Uh, I've seen him make some good blocks, but um, just as far as receiving the ball, what 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 you think's going on with him?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's tough tough to say. I mean, he's out there uh, a lot. So, you know, if you're you're trotting out there and being coached by Billy Gonzalez, I'm uh, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt that you deserve to be out there and and stuff. And, you know, maybe we – when we start conce- maybe seeing you know, the, the passing game grew up in this in, in this game too, but maybe some more consistency there, and we see some more consistency by these wide receivers as well. Uh, you know, and step up just a little bit. And um, like I said, going back you know, a couple couple uh, discussions ago about Copeland and stuff. With this with this focus in the run game now, it's just. Uh, I'm not sure we're going to see a consistent wide receiver every week. You know, be the be the guy that step up. It may be coping one week and shorter the next week, and with them more the next. And you get these tight ends involved as well. Um Basically, this whole offense. I mean, you you could say that about the you could say that about the quarterbacks in some way. You could say that about the running backs in some way. You you've got plenty of options there at running back, at wide receiver, uh, quarterback to a degree as well. So. Uh, you know, just it may be a different guy every week that you that, that you point to. You know, Justin Shorter. One, it may be against Tennessee where he has five catches for seventy-five yards and a touchdown. You know, I'm not. Um, I, I do hear you. You know, early on in the season, and you know, he's a five-star guy, and you maybe expect to see a little more um, uh, for, for, from from him. But just I I just think with the offense, what you were kind of vanilla conservative however you want to say the first couple of weeks and then uh bama and, and how the run game is working i just i'm still not sure there's enough out there just yet to say at least for that receiver core who's going to be uh, a guy that's going to be consistently stepping up week in and week out
7: yeah absolutely um i mean you just look at his size I, he's a guy you would think that at least 60% of the targets through the air would be towards his way. I mean, 6-5, I mean, that's that's a huge, huge yeah. target. And um, it took
3: about midseason last year before we know really felt, you know, he had the first touchdown versus Georgia last year and then he had that big-time catch versus Arkansas the game after that. So, you know, like yeah. I said, it just may be, uh, you know, a certain stretch, a certain game in the season. I just think it's just because with, with the options part it has it a receiver, I, I do think it's just, uh, you know, if – maybe consistency is the wrong word maybe you know I think a lot goes into what the play call and how the running game's working and just you know a lot of other options out there too
7: yeah and Trent Whitt- Whittemore man good god he's he's that dude man he's he comes through clutch so many times I I noticed the first a uh, couple of catches he had for first down and then there was uh I think it was third and long you know we threw the ball I think just a yard or two short of the, of the line of game you know he just he comes in clutch so much and Another thing, the tight ends, man, they come in big that game. Um, I noticed Gamble got hurt. I don't, I didn't notice if he ever came back in the game or not. But um,
3: yeah, I'm I on my rewatch now. I'm not so sure either. I gotta watch the second half. I know that's when, yeah, like you said, he got hurt uh, there. I'm not sure him coming <laughs> but back. But even, even
7: Zipper, man, he he played a big role. Made some good blocks. Uh, had a few catches. Um, and yeah, up until this point, I I don't think I've seen a tight end catch a ball all year. So I think that was maybe something Mullen was keeping a little under wraps was getting the tight ends involved. Hey, I'm super impressed with our performance. You know, no more victories for me. I live in Alabama. It's tough. Uh I'm gonna hear it all week this week. <laughs> I mean, um but the ones I've talked to so far have, you know, got a couple of real good buddies that's Alabama fans and um, you know, they give us our respect just like they did last year. You know, they they talked about they're gonna beat us, they're gonna beat us and uh and then now, you know, they like, hey, I don't know, Florida ain't better than us. I'm like, nah, we ain't gonna go there. But for the talent, <laughs> for the talent difference, man, I, I was telling them, I said, look, you got to you got to realize what kind of talent difference is on the field. I mean, it is not even close. Um, you know, I know I know something come out that we was, I think, ranked number seven in the in the nation on talent. Yeah. But I, I just don't, I don't see that neither. As far as how our recruitment has been, you know, barely cracking the top ten every year. Um, and you got Bama. And Georgia, they're, they're one and two fighting every year for that one and two spot. And I'm like, it's not even close. So uh, I give Mullen his props, and, you know, and, and um, Todd Grantham, man, look, I, I know people down him and, um, you know, I, I might have been on that fire train for a little while, but you got to give that dude his props too. You know, he gave up 21 points in that first quarter. And then it just, I mean, to keep a, a team like Bama to 10 points for three quarters, that's huge.
3: Yeah, it, it, it set the stage for the comeback, you know, like I, I've said it plenty of times, wishing we didn't need to come back. You know, it was just a little bit of a faster, faster start there. But I'll, 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 I'll slam him for the start. But I'll give him credit at the same time for you know able to to to, 40 to get back in it there without you know dominating second quarter there, uh, for, for, from the defense. So yeah, plenty, right. yeah, plenty, plenty, to, plenty, to go around on both sides of that. Of that oh,
7: absolutely, absolutely. Hey, Dave? I appreciate it. Enjoy the show and go Gators, man.
3: Go Gators. All right, guys. I know a couple more of you in here, but it just it keeps it just keeps going. So I'm going to have to call it there. So if you so if you're in here, uh, but it just uh, uh, it keeps going after. I, I thought I was going to stop about 10 15 minutes ago, but everybody, thanks for hopping in. If you didn't make this one, you'll hop back in. I'll do it again on Friday morning, headed to Tennessee game. Uh, there, everybody, listen to Alabama Review. You can hear even more thoughts there. I put that up, posted it yesterday, uh, posted it this morning as well. So go check that out. Will Miles and I tonight on Gators Breakdown. Of course, plenty, plenty to discuss there. I'll get more into the poll question I put up there about the outlook for the Gators uh, after this Alabama game uh, moving forward. We'll hear, we'll hear from Dan Mullen at one o'clock today as well, so uh, we'll get any highlights coming from the press conference to put in the episode as well. So, everybody, thanks for listening to this Twitter space, this chat, and I'll catch you on the next one.